Hey everybody, welcome to the first podcast for the Daddy Diaries. I'm Stoney Stamper, I'm here with my wife April, and uh, we're excited to do this. We actually have no idea what we're doing, and we've been sitting here arguing for the last 30 minutes on how to get headphones to work and microphones, and she's been rolling her eyes at me a lot, and um, I'm glad we haven't been recording the last half hour or so, but um, for any of you that don't follow us on Facebook or Instagram, we just want to introduce ourselves. Um, about six years ago, uh, I started a blog called The Daddy Diaries on Facebook, and uh, you know, it's turned into something pretty cool and exciting, and, and uh, in the, since April, our uh, first book, has been on the shelves uh, called My First Rodeo. And uh, so we thought the next thing, you know, to move on to would be a podcast. So we've got all this awesome technology here that we don't know how to run. I know how to run it better than April does. Oh, my gosh. So... Yet, you just asked me to get it on Fox Sports on the TV. Well, yes. Fox Sports 1, Oklahoma State game starts at 9.30, 10.30 Eastern Time. Who hooked up all of this? I I help unbox things, and Mm -hmm. I got the adapters for the... Abby actually did that. Well, I called and bought them over the phone. Abby just picked them up for us. Thank you, Abby. And, of course, you know, we are recording here in the uh, family room or guitar room or whatever you want to call it. So at any point in time, there may be a child or a dog or a cat. Chickens while ago. Chickens, goats uh, run through. So if you hear any wild animal noises, don't think anything about it. Um, so, we th- we thought that, you know, starting off with this, we, we really needed to start at the beginning. That kind of makes sense. Um, so, six years ago, well, actually, no, I, eight years ago, um, April Facebook stalked me. Actually, we maybe we should go back to, like, 21 years ago. Well, uh, I was going to start at eight years ago. And then go back. And tell your life. No, I'm not going to tell my life. I'm just going to... I said to... lie. Oh, my lie. Your exaggeration. Oh, what's that? That I stalked you. You absolutely You Facebook had five stalked. pictures on Facebook. Well, I wasn't very good at the internet. You act like I liked on 150. No, I had like 20. I think when... It, it was enough to fill up my entire screen on I my think phone. when people read... Fatal attraction and things like that. That it, That's they how I felt. Because of the five pictures I liked? It was way more than five. Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, that's just not true. Lying is one of the Ten Commandments. Keep that in mind. She liked oh, on a that. whole bunch of, bunch of pictures. So I, it happened to be Labor Day eight years ago. And I was in Fort Worth, Texas... And I was sitting in the beer garden at, it's called the Love Shack now in Cowtown. You may know it. Uh, It's right beside the White Elephant. 
And I was sitting there having a Lone Star beer and enjoying myself. And uh, I posted a picture of myself with a thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Two thumbs up. So you knew I was really having a great day. And uh, I posted that picture and she liked on it. And then she liked on all the other ones that I had. All the other five. But to be fair, it was because you matched so well from your boots to your shirt and hat. Well, I like to color coordinate. I think they call that metrosexual. Well, I don't know what to call it except for I dress well. So, she liked on the picture. I messaged, well, she liked on so many pictures. And then I messaged her and was just like, hey, you know, I was hoping she wouldn't come, you know, break in my home or kill my dog. or Maybe you were. Hmm? Maybe you were. I mean, because you did message me. Well, that was more of a precaution. I felt like if I'd reach out to you that maybe you'd be less crazy. <laughs> Turns out you're actually just as crazy as I thought. But I kind of like it, I guess. I guess. <laughs> so, um, to, to go backwards, the reason we were Facebook friends to begin with is because um, when we were little kids, we lived in Murphy, Oklahoma, and uh, she moved to Murphy when? 1987, 1988. So you were like six, seven years old? Yeah. And I'm two years older than her. And uh, from the moment she saw me... Oh, my God. She just... You're... Like, so full of yourself. I'm just telling the story. I'm not... From your lens. Jennifer Cole, if you're listening, if I post this, I want you to leave your comments. Because Jennifer Downing now, who is still one of our good friends... My best friend. Always was the uh, you know mediator. She was always working on April's behalf. She drove. She's the one that, when I didn't go to my regular church, I rode with her to church where you went. I don't yeah, know but if mediator is really the right word. I she just... was always trying to make sure we sat together. And... <sighs> so my family has a ranch in Murphy, just um, which Murphy's just a little dot on the map. But uh, on one side lived the Stampers, on the other side lived the Graces, which is actually my mother's side of the family. So I had grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, all around me. And uh, then just up the road, just up the hill from us, actually, uh, is where April lived. And we rode the same bus to school. Bus number five. Bus number five, Mr. Garner was originally our bus driver. He wasn't ever my bus driver. Yeah, he was. Okay. He was. Okay. Miss Minicky took over after Mr. Garner. Mr. Garner was a shop teacher, and he didn't have two fingers. 
that's a true story. Uh, so I don't know how, I think he was a good carpenter, but maybe he just had bad judgment one day, but he only had, he only had three fingers in one hand, but he was pretty scary. Um, She's giving me such a crazy look. I said he was a nice man. I didn't hope I? nobody's listening to this. That's no, he, we have to I mean, he out. didn't have fingers. It's, that's I have good. freckles. That's, that's, getting cut that's off. true. Okay. So, anyways, um, we were friends. And she did go to the church there in Murphy where my grandfather was uh, the preacher. And he actually was the preacher until just a few years ago. But um, we, as we became, as we got older, we became closer friends. And then um, as we got into our teenage years, her love for me grew. Oh, like, are you serious? (laughs) The funny thing is about this, that you've acted like it's all one-sided. And never told the second part, as if you didn't have anything to do with all. I that. don't even know that there is a second part. You don't. What? Is, what? You tell the second part then. That you weren't active during all this. When you talk about the church lock in. I wasn't. Like nobody made you lay where you were. Or sit I was where you polite. Were. My parents raised me to be polite, and so we were at a lock in at church, which. I mean, they were fun, but looking back on it now, maybe sometimes it wasn't the best idea. But it's where all the teens, you know, stay at the church overnight, and you stay up all night and watch movies and play games. And and sometime in the middle of the night, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning probably, um, she lay near me on the floor. And... <laughs> I came and laid near you. Yeah. You just had to randomly be laying by yourself. It's not like we went to lay together. I I like being alone, so... Man, I didn't want anybody to touch me. If you're not going to be honest, then you can't do the podcast and I'll just do them all. (laughs) All right, so... There was some interest there, but I had a little bit of a hang-up with our age. I think at the time of the lock-in, I was, what, 15? Uh-huh, 15, probably. and she was 13. That seemed a lot bigger then than it does now that I'm 40 and she's 38. Um, I mean, it's really not even a full two years. No, but still, at one time, you were 15, I was 15, and you were 13, and that's two years. So, I just, she was younger than me, and I didn't reciprocate then as much as she did. Now, that is true. And why? Huh? Why? Because you were, I was older than you. You said you felt like maybe you kind of just wussed out. No, I never said said that. that. You said it. Uh, I don't think it's right to kiss someone in the house of the Lord. I mean, that's true. I would get on 
to our daughters if they did that. I don't know that I'll let them go to a lock-in, actually. So maybe like a moment happened at the lock-in that we've kind of got off course. And again, this is our first podcast, so we're just talking. I don't know if that's what you're supposed to do, if you're supposed to have some script that's exact. I wonder how hillbilly people think we sound. Oh, I'm... I mean, I'm 40 years old. People have thought I've sounded hillbilly for 40 years. I sounded like Foghorn Leghorn when I was four. Um, so, back to our moment. I didn't do it. Her face was close to my face, and I didn't do it. Another time we went to the Passion Play in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And we held hands all the way back. Again, facilitated by Jennifer. Jennifer Cole. grabbed our hands and made us hold hands. Made you hold hands with me. I think Has anybody ever made you do anything? Um, my mama. You know, pretty risque in the church van. But not long after that, April moved. Uh, what What year did you move? Eighth grade. 94. And you went straight to... No, I went to Arkansas for a semester and then came back so to catch him. most of her, or a lot of her family, is from the Fort Smith, uh, Arkansas area. So she went to Greenwood in eighth grade. And, and really from that time um, until... I was 17 or yeah. 18 maybe. Well, at Jennifer's wedding, mm-hmm. uh, I, we hadn't seen each other for all those years. And um, at Jennifer's wedding, the same friend that we were discussing earlier, uh, she was getting married. I was an usher. April was a bridesmaid. I think I was maid of honor. Okay. I'm sorry. There's a difference. I don't know how those things work. And... April had this horrible maroon short boy haircut. It was like, it was... I'm going to throat punch you when this is done. I'm fast. No, you're not. (laughs) You used to be. I I actually can't walk. Um, No, she did have a funny haircut, but, you know, it's... uh, It was the 90s, so everybody had some funny haircuts. But the thing is, is when I saw her, I thought, oh, that's April. And, and when I knew her, by the way, her name was April Skinner when she was a little girl. And <clears throat> Excuse me. So when I saw her, I kind of tried to get her attention. I thought I'd try to talk to her. And she completely cold-shouldered me like she didn't talk to me. She wouldn't even hardly look at me. Well, Jennifer kept me in the loop while I was out of town and all your doings. So I was <laughs> harboring some resentment. Well, we're not going to talk about any of my doings okay. on this podcast. This is a family show. Not your like actual <laughs> doings. Your activity. I know. Okay. We're still not talking about it. No, we're not. That's a that's a blank space. So, she uh, she didn't show any interest at all. 
I was in college at the time. And then we didn't see each other again for 12 years. And so after that day of me taking the picture uh, there at the Love Shack and, and uh, us beginning to... We sent each other our phone numbers and... Because he asked for my number. Yes, he was hooked. Well, I think we've already discussed, too. I didn't know how to use Facebook very well. And so texting or calling was easier than using Facebook for me. And I'm not... I don't... I don't think that either of us remember who asked for whose number first. I don't. I don't remember specifically asking for your number. But either way, we exchanged numbers, and we talked for a while. Couldn't you just take the gentleman act of that and be like, yeah, I probably did. Okay, it was, I mean, you... it was me. She had a picture of herself in a bikini that she'd posted not long before that, and so I definitely wanted her phone number. And that was a big eye roll. So, we uh, we finally made plans to see one another. And for someone that's not very, uh, you know, I don't have a hard time talking to anyone. But we decided to meet at the Hard Rock Casino in Tulsa. At the time, I lived in Medill, Oklahoma, which is down on, just near Lake Texoma, right on the Texas border. <clears throat> and she lived in Ketchum, which is up on Grand Lake. And so uh, I happened to be in Oklahoma City for some business, and I came on over, and we met at the casino. And I remember I was so nervous. Uh, You'd ask to meet before that, but I couldn't make it. So this was his second asking, so I felt like oh, I should definitely make Were you trying point. to play hard to get, like, that first time? No, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it was the second time I'd asked. And so we met there uh, downstairs at the Hard Rock Casino and hit it off just as well as we did Um you know, sometimes you may like someone through text or phone calls or or uh, Facebook Messenger, but when you meet them, they may not be quite who you thought they were. How many texts do you think we sent between the time we actually met up and started? I sent probably 20 or 30. You sent... Oh, you are out of your mind. <laughs> we texted a lot. You blew my phone up. We texted a lot. Um, that should we blew each other's phone up. You like blew I just sat my there phone and, up. So we met, and she was ever bit as cool and funny and um, hot as I had expected, and we've from that day on we've been together pretty much uh, on a daily basis. Uh, 
we started dating. But as a, what was I, 32 at the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd never had children, which she calls a unicorn. Um, a man in his 30s that doesn't have kids. That's not what I call a unicorn. I call how you parent Abby and Emma being a stepfather. And as good as you are being is a unicorn. Because I've never seen one. You had to throw that brag out unicorn. I wasn't bragging. I was talking about, what do you call, what did you say when? Because you were, because you don't treat any of them any different. No, I know that. That's I'm saying, unicorn. but I didn't but yes, have kids. But yes, it was kids, a blessing. And that you was a, have kids a big deal, age. you know. But I think, and a lot of you out there listening probably have done this, and you've probably done it very well, but, um, you know, I didn't have children, so blending our family, although, um, you know, bringing a new father figure into the girls' lives was difficult, I didn't bring any children along with me that also had to get along. So we were able to, uh, it was a lot of work, but, you know, I, I was terrified. I'm still scared of them a little bit, but uh, for the most part, I've got it under control. But at the time, I was I was really unsure of, you know, how, it, number one, if I wanted to be a, a dad, because all of my adult life, I'd said that I didn't. And, you know, you have to weigh the options I really like April. I, I love her. I want to be with her. But um, this, you know, adding two kids to the... The responsibility. Yeah, it's just, a, you know, it's something you have to really think about. And, and uh, I didn't meet them for a while, um, mainly because I was scared to, but also because she was being careful and cautious as their mom but uh, when I did finally meet them um, you were more nervous than they were oh I was that's the most scared I've ever been (laughs) and I had a car wreck where I almost died Um, I was terrified but you know Emma at the time was seven and Abby was eleven and uh Emma was just easy. She she made things easy. She was friendly to me. She would sit in my lap and talk to me about who knows what. Um, and she still talks about who knows what. <clears throat> but she made that really simple for me. Um, Abby didn't. <laughs> <laughs> She made it very difficult. Um, you know, she wasn't too keen on someone new coming into their lives and and taking, um, you know, their mother's uh, attentions. And she didn't know me and she didn't trust me yet. And, she's and a super cautious girl. 
She is, and she still is in most everything she does. She always She's been like that since she was a baby. Approaches everything with caution and and uh, a little bit of hesitation. So we uh, we blend our families and and we make the move that uh, you know that's I'm going to be. At that time, I'd say a stepdad. I don't use that term anymore. They're not my stepdaughters. Um, they are my daughters, all three of them, which you'll hear more about Gracie um, later. Probably not this episode. But to throw another kink in the whole thing, as if that isn't enough <laughs> to throw at these girls at, at First, I was at the time working and traveling 250 to 300 days a year, and uh, I was on the road pretty much constantly. Well, I knew that, you know, I couldn't be a family man and be a father and a husband while traveling like that. Um, And I wasn't too keen on the idea. Yeah, April wanted to see me more than two months a year. So uh, I made a career change and the only catch to that was that we had to move to Tyler, Texas. And um, as you can imagine for these girls who've never lived anywhere other than 40 kids per grade. Yeah, I need to add that part of the hesitation in moving was because when I grew up, I moved, I went to eight different schools. So one of my priorities was to, you know, start them in a school and keep them in the same school. And the thought of having to move them was pretty devastating to me. Um, It was a goal I had set. She felt like she'd let them down by moving. Um, So it was a really big decision. And then... One that she, you know, I was, I was all, I was game. I, when I became an adult, um, you know, I lived back near the ranch for a year or so after I got out of college and then I moved to Florida, then I moved to Virginia, then I moved to Southern Oklahoma and I never, I didn't have a problem, but I, you know, moving, but I also lived in only two houses my entire childhood and those two houses are only about 400 yards from one another so I never moved uh, as a kid and I didn't know what it was like to change schools uh, to leave your friends and uh, April did she knew how difficult that that can be Um, so we made the choice to move and we met with a realtor and he told us the best schools and we drove through White House and it was a quaint little town and figured it would definitely be more kids but not overwhelming so we leased a house and then I went to enroll them as school and I found out that the school district was twice the size of the town. The actual 
population of the town. So they went from being in a class of just 40 kids to 400 kids. And, you know, that was, that was definitely the day they started school, not the day we moved, the day they started school in White House, Texas, was one of the most traumatic days that <laughs> that we've had. And the funny thing is, is that Abby and Emma both handled it better than April did. Oh, it was horrible. April cried all day. Um, and I was a nervous wreck because, you know, I've moved my new family to a new, new place and I want them to be happy and, um, you know, I want them to enjoy their new life and our new lives together. And, uh, you know, Abby is shy at first and, uh, we were concerned. Um, and, and that then, was then so more than now. Yeah. Yeah. She's actually quieter now than she was back then. But in the third grade, um, you know, she just marched right into school and, and wasn't worried about it. Abby put on a brave face and I did not. And uh, she had a hard time as far as just, you know, it was difficult for her, but she was, um, she did really well. And, um, it turns out that that was a great decision for it, us. It was a great decision. White House, Texas has a very uh, dear place in our hearts. That's where we became a family. You know, we, we, uh, it's where we learned to like each other and love each other. And, and uh, we miss it. Honestly, if I'd never had the car wreck, two years ago, which we'll get to probably in a later episode, uh, we'd likely still be there. Oh, it's going to make me cry. But, uh, no, this is a no, no crying episode. I'll cry if I want. We, the first year was really, really hard. Um, I'd always had my own businesses and was busy. And in Texas, I didn't have that. And yeah, that's actually something I didn't talk about was the and <clears throat> pregnant and nothing to do and didn't know anybody and it was really really hard. But after did that, I forget to mention that I knocked her up? That was <laughs> yeah. And but after that first year or so, it, things changed and I never anticipated uh, White House, Texas being like home ever. And uh, that's where the plays in that God's plan is never your plan. And he knew what he was doing because he gave us some friends that we'll have for life. Definitely. And, you know, we... Uh... We had a nice little place there, and, and you know, that's Miranda Lambert song, The House That Built Me. Um, Abby told us one of the sweetest things here not 
too long ago that seven, eight years ago we never could have dreamed is when she hears that song, Our Home in White House is what she thinks of. Well, what's funny is she was, Emma didn't mind moving. She was little, but Abby was more reluctant, obviously. And the time that we were there, like, she, of course, loves Oklahoma. Our family's all here. But that girl loves Texas. I mean, she got it tattooed on her foot. So, (laughs) uh, moving back was, for me and her, was much harder than we anticipated. Um, We both would, she would go with me back to do pictures. And there was one time her and I left uh, a friend's house. We had done newborn pictures for her. And we both got in the car and just cried, both of us. Um, it's It was real hard. We are Oklahoma, born and raised, and we love it here. Um, Oklahoma is home, but Texas... It's home, too. It's uh, It became our home, and... and we miss it and the, and the people that, you know, we came to love. When you move somewhere where you have no family, um, which, you know, we had no family within six hours of us. Um, when you do that, the your friends become your family. They become the people that you rely on, uh, you know, to help you. And, and we could have never have known years later how much help we would end up needing and and they they never let us down ever no um and they're also east texas are some of the kindest people you've ever met um when i had gracie like we had friends that brought food and i actually hadn't even met them yet stony had through crossfit and uh they became some real close friends of ours as well um but like his back surgeries or, you know, wreck. Like, after his wreck, we had one of our good friends bring a whole Thanksgiving feast. Um, we were lucky. We were blessed. We actually, eventually, I think, had to ask people to stop bringing food. We didn't have room for all the food people were bringing. I didn't to. even know that existed, that people did that. <laughs> it was... Um, it was really incredible. Of course, after the wreck, I don't remember a lot of that, but I know that they did it, and uh, you know they'll never know how much I appreciated it. Um, you know, after the fact, knowing that while I was incapable of taking care of my family, uh, that there were people stepping in and and doing it, you know, and helping us. Um, you know, April got dealt a pretty crappy hand on that whole deal. But uh, if it hadn't been for our friends in East Texas, there's absolutely no way we could have come out uh, as well as as we have. So moving back to Oklahoma was really a difficult decision. Um, but uh, we're in Perkins, Oklahoma now, which is just outside of Stillwater. And, uh, you know, we've gradually made it home. It's 
close to family. So that's obviously a huge plus. Which is what Gracie wanted and Emma wanted. And what they need. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, they want it, but, um, you know, I think it's important. You know, I, I was so fortunate to have grown up with one set of grandparents across one pasture and another set of grandparents across another pasture. I mean, they were, um, you know, I had family within walking distance always. And, um, we don't, we're not quite that close here, but you know, they get to see their grandparents on a much more regular basis and their aunts and uncles and cousins. And, uh, it's not a full day's drive. Right. We can be there in an hour or two. And, uh, that's, that's very nice. I haven't even told April yet, but on Monday I'm planning on going to play golf with my dad and brother. Um, I threw that in there, see if she'd give me a dirty look or not. We'll talk about it after. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we have been blessed. Um, our story has been uh, a fun ride and an entertaining one. And uh, through all of this, I have, you know, wrote about it on on Facebook and on the daddydiaries.net and then was fortunate enough to get a book deal from Penguin Random House and uh, Waterbrook Multnomah Publishing. And, you know, the, my dream my whole life was to write a book. And I, you know, that was the equivalent of a little boy playing baseball and wanting to make it to the major league someday. It's probably not going to happen, but, um, you know, (laughs) through the grace of God and and a little bit of luck and a good sense of humor and some funny girls in my house. A really good sense of humor. (laughs) Most of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had some to write about with all three of our daughters with April and, um, this has been such an enjoyable and, uh, unpredictable ride. And so we're excited to, uh, to continue this podcast. I think, uh, I don't know if I ended it in the right way there, but I think that that's about as long as we're going to make this first episode. But make sure once you listen to hit that subscribe button and uh, definitely give us a review and uh, let us know what you think or what what you would like to hear or uh, any of that would be greatly appreciated so we can keep doing them. Yeah, we've got... Uh... You know, I think we've got 40-something different ideas for episodes, and and we're going to do some, you know, I'm going to tell some funny stories, and there will be some difficult stories, and and uh, we're going to have Abby on and Emma on. We're going to have Gracie come on and, and talk with us. Uh, mainly, it's going to be April and I, and, you know, a lot something a lot of people have wanted and have never really gotten was they always got my side of the story, which is the right side of the story. 
But... Why do you think so many people wanted to hear from me? Because that was mainly the suggestions. Well, they wanted to hear from someone that was so lucky to have married someone like me. You think that's what it is? Uh, Or do you think maybe my sarcastic comments on your Facebook post or calling you out, they enjoy? I don't know. Well, they can let us know in the comments when they give us a review. So, yeah, we, we've got a, this is by no means where we're stopping. This is just a starting point. We're going to get better as we go along because we really don't know what we're doing yet. So hopefully this was entertaining. I hope you'll subscribe. Um, we're going to be on, what, what all are we going to be on? We're not sure yet, but we'll let everybody know soon. we got to make it through this editing part next. Well, I'll take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Actually, it is 9.02. So I have to go in there and turn the channel So I need for you. you to go put it on Fox Sports 1 so I can watch right. Oklahoma State Cowboys beat Oregon State. They're a 13 and a half point favorite. You probably got Should, a lot of women listening and they don't care about that. There's going to be some guys. And plus, there's some women that uh, I've got a lot of Oklahoma State people and they're going to be watching. He cheers for OU, too, just so everybody knows, except for when they play OSU. I'm a good Oklahoma fan. I, do, I want OU to win every game except one. And then I want OSU to beat the brakes off of them. <laughs> Abby just laughed from her bedroom. I don't know if you could hear that. But thanks for listening, and hopefully you tune in for our second episode coming up. Thanks a lot, you guys.